Welcome to episode one with Michael and Eric, the podcast where we watch the first episode of a streaming exclusive show, and then we talk about it. I'm Michael. And I'm Eric. And this week, we watched High Fidelity on Hulu, starring Zoe Kravitz in the Jack Black role. No. That wasn't Zoe Kravitz? That was Zoe Kravitz. She was not Jack Black. Okay. Then we've got a lot to talk about. Yeah. Who was she? Uh, she was uh, John Cusack. Cusack? Yeah, she okay. was Rob. Wasn't her mom in the movie? In the first one? Yeah. Um, yes. When was the last time you saw that movie? When did it come out? 2002? Hold on. Okay, Google. I'm going to get real. I'm going to feel real old here in a second. 2000. <laughs> I was in high school when that came out. I would have guessed the 90s. I, I was pretty sure it was 2000, like early 2000s, because it was around the time that I was working in a movie theater. And oh. there's a similar culture in movie theaters as there was in that record shop as far as like half the people don't really want to be there or do any work. The other half are really pretentious movie snobs. Got it. Okay. So what did you think of this show? I really liked it. Really? Yes. Okay. Then we've got a lot to talk about. Because you did not. I did not like it. Okay. Here's why. I don't care. You don't care? About her top five breakups, about her life. She's an asshole, and I don't care about her as a character, as a person, and I don't feel like I should want to learn about her life. And she wasn't compelling. She was just a dick, as she said over and over again. (laughs) Yep. Did so? Did you watch High Fidelity in the movie? Yeah, it's been a long time. Though. Did you do you re, like have fond memories of it, or like oh, I didn't like that either? I remember liking it because it's the same thing. Yeah, he was a dick and like and a self like acclaimed asshole that entire movie. But then Jack Black was in it. That Jack Black was in that movie, right? I'm not yes, crazy. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay. Jack Black was in it. All right, he was he was who I imagine the. Uh, large black woman was in this okay. show like yeah. that character the the really brash although i guess maybe they kind of mix those characters up because i seem to recall it was the other guy the kind of wormy guy that had the shitty music uh taste and they always made fun of him for it but she was the one that came in wanted to rock out to come on eileen right and why not i mean it's a <laughs> it's a fucking great song it's that's a banger. all that's all i could think when, when that was happening it was like yeah it's a great fucking song yeah but that's the sort of thing that Jack Black's character in that movie would have made fun of somebody for. like, And maybe he did. Maybe that's what that was a callback to. I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, who knows? It was just not fun to watch. And it couldn't, it couldn't decide if it wanted to be like a serious drama or a fun, uh, kooky record store employees show. Like the record store scenes with like... The zany employees, the large black woman and the gay ex-boyfriend. And they're all just like dancing around and everything was like fun and light. And all the rest of it was just like, I'm a jerk. And it wasn't fun and light. It was jarring. Okay, you go. I didn't find that jarring at all. Really? Yeah. Um, 
I think because they spent all of two scenes on the record store, I would have expected and hoped initially that there was going to be more record store stuff to this. Yeah. But I think they were setting the tone in this that this show isn't so much about the record store it is as it is about her relationships, which is kind of like what the movie was. Like, you start out with the record store, and then it's really more about his relationships and trying to learn something from them. Also... It starts off with her talking about her top five breakups, and then you realize that she's talking to the guy that just broke up with her and not doing like a fourth wall break, right? So it starts out, and she's looking at the screen. She says, my top five breakups, blah, 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 blah. And then it cuts to him. And unless is she doing a fourth wall break in the middle of the yeah, scene, and he doesn't that hear happened, that? Yeah, that happens in the movie, like, all the time. Like, you would just break the fourth wall in the middle of the scene, start staring right at the screen. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Because she broke the fourth wall the whole rest of the time, and yeah. I got that. But yeah. at the beginning, I was like... I think... I, I don't recall that being a part of the conversation, so I think she was breaking the fourth... Like, she starts off the top my top five breakups, and then it cuts to him, his half of the conversation... As though, like, he's not hearing what she just said. I don't know. I hated it. I didn't get it. Okay. And that's okay. It's wrong. <laughs> Is it? It's just my opinion. They had a I whole... I was making a joke. They had a whole infuriating argument. I was like argument. being an asshole. Like, yeah. It's not. It's not. Like, there's... there. Don't get me wrong. This... As much as I like the show, it reminded me of the pretentiousness of youth where i don't remember what the hold on i wrote it down the quote wait oh hold on let me see you, if I can you guess. know exactly what quote i'm talking about yes let me see here the things that you like are better than the th- wait the things that you like are better than what you are like are more important than what you are like yeah um that was the I, quote you were going for yes and that was a quote from the movie which was a quote from the book um, which is just that it's some bullshit now at 36 I can go yeah that's some bullshit right but I guarantee you I thought that was the coolest fucking thing when I was 16 and saw this movie for the first time I guarantee you I thought that was the coolest fucking thing when you were 16 and watching your Fellini movies and listening to Nick Cage you mean Nick Cave I didn't mean Nick Cave <laughs> Yeah, now I'm just trying to imagine Nick Cage as a oh, a folk, I'm sure. A folk, like I'm sure he's in a band. He's got to be like a Kevin Bacon level rock star. <laughs> I mean, his son's in a black metal band called Eye of Nocturne. Eyes of Nocturne. All I'm see- I'm looking up Nick Cage in a band, and all I'm seeing is Nick Cage. His son is in a band, and that's his son. <laughs> I've seen that. I've seen that picture. Oh, boy. Yep. Well, yeah, he's a supportive dad. Unlike Nick Cave, that overbearing asshole. <laughs> yeah. It's a definition of a helicopter parent right there. That Nick Cave. Right. Let's start podcasting now. This has been recording the whole time, right? <laughs> yeah, we're already 10 minutes in. We're we're having a good record sesh right now, dude. So, but let, So, let's... Pull back the conversation from the show a little bit and pull it back into the meta. We had the conversation the last time we recorded, and I think it bore out um, that when we like something or when something's funny that we like, it uh, it makes for a shitty episode of the podcast. I like this. I thought it was funny, and I knew going in that this was going to be a better episode of the podcast than that was. <laughs> it may not be good. I don't know, but. 
Um, what are your most memorable heartbreaks? I only have two. Two? I only have two heartbreaks. Like I only, I only ever had two girlfriends. That I, uh, that's not true. There's probably a third, but I didn't feel particularly heartbroken in that one. Okay. What were they? Like the just describe your feelings around the heartbreak. You don't even have to tell us what happened unless you want to open up to us. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. Uh-huh. I'm trying to think. So when I was in high school, I dated a girl for like a month, two months. It wasn't that long. Um, who broke up with me because I didn't like the Backstreet Boys enough. Okay. And I was devastated. <laughs> you didn't try to, you didn't try to like the Backstreet Boys anymore? Were you just like, I like the Backstreet Boys I, I, all right. I could see even then, even as like heartbroken as I was, so, I could see even then that that was an excuse. Did you, did you not hear my hilarious joke? No, I really didn't. You could have like been like, I think the Backstreet's back or all right. No. I said it better the first time. I like you talked I, over it. <laughs> I like the Backstreet Boys all right. There you go. I'll just edit this in. You could have like pretended to like them and be like, I like the Backstreet Boys all right. I think what you need to edit in is just the clip, and I'm sure we can get away with it because it's like literally a half a second of them just singing "All right" <laughs> over you saying "All right." <laughs> I'll give it a try. Okay. So you didn't? I knew even then that was an excuse. Like so, no. Like I was, yeah, I was really broken up about it. But I'm just imagining you like in your bedroom, like crying into your pillow, being like, "Why don't I like the?" And just just playing it as loud as I can. It's like, ah, oh, shit, this is in sync. <laughs> just listening to him and being like, why don't I appreciate this music? Yeah. It's just too deep for me. They just went on tour. You should have, like, called her up and been like, Backstreet Boy, Backstreet Back, Backstreet's Back. Let's rekindle this old flame. <laughs> Uh huh. Yeah, I could have done that. Can you? <laughs> this is the funniest you're still, thing. You're still so tickled by this joke. I'm just tickled by. I'm not tickled by that joke. I'm tickled by the fact that you were broken up with because you didn't like the. I'm kind of shocked enough. that we haven't talked about this already. <laughs> me, me too. But this is great. Okay, can you rehash the conversation? <laughs> It wasn't a conversation. Okay. It was a note that was written to me. <laughs> do, you, do you have it with you? <laughs> I want to say yes, but no amount of improv right now is going to make a joke that's funnier than you just giggling over my heartbreak and pain. You must have known I was going to ask you. No. Okay. No, because this is an impromptu conversation. We didn't talk about it ahead of time. Like, oh, we're going to talk about like our breakups or whatever. I mean, I should have known, but... Right. What did the note say? The note said... <laughs> I'm trying to think of Backstreet Boys lyrics, and I can't. Did it have... It, no. It, oh, it, okay. it absolutely did not. There's there's nothing funny about, like... There's nothing it's actually inherently funny. funny. I, I, I get it. But, like, it was 20... Fuck, 20 a couple... 20 and a couple years ago. 
I don't remember anything about it other than just that we didn't share enough interests and the Backstreet Boys was like the thing that. Oh my gosh. So you be, what was her name? I'm no. There are two, there are two, like even one is too many. There are too many friends of mine from middle school and high school that have told me that they listen to the show. Well, you already told the story. So now you be her and I'll be you and let's like do the breakup. So I'm going to be me? No, you be her. I'll be you. Okay. And we'll do the breakup. It's going to be a silent breakup because it was literally a note that was handed to me by someone else in class. <laughs> this was this was fresh. This had to have been because I remember the classroom that I was in. It was a social studies class and it was in ninth grade. This is what ninth graders did. Did you did you start crying in the middle of the class because you didn't like the Backstreet Boys enough? Yeah. Yep. Probably. Like I just I got out my my disc man and put my headphones on and sobbed to the dulcet tones of ninety eight degrees. How much did you like the Backstreet Boys? By that point in my life, none none at all. Okay. How much did she like the Backstreet Boys? Plenty. Like obsessively. Dude, I'm sorry about laughing so hard. It's, it's truly okay. It's ridiculous. <laughs> right. It's absolutely ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so what was your next breakup? Which band didn't you like enough? In sync. That wasn't in sync. It was probably... Maroon 5? It was probably U2. U2? Oh, dude, I hate U2. Eh. No, that one wasn't due to a song or anything. That was due to... We've, I'm pretty sure we've talked about that breakup yeah, before. That one's going to rampant but you haven't, cheating. You haven't told the podcast. I'm telling them right now. That one was due to rampant cheating, not by me. Okay. What's next in your notes? What's number five for you? Number five. I'm not going to be the one that opens up my soul to the ten people that listen to this podcast. About, like, your breakups? Breakup, yeah. Oh, I've had some, I've had some doozies. I'm trying to think of how broken up I was or just like how good versus how good of stories there are. Cause I've had like some breakups where I was pretty like devastated, but it wasn't like anything like juicy. So just cut out this part, like where you said that uh-huh. and mash them up and like make up a, a, make a funny thing. Okay. So I'll tell you, I'll instead I'll tell you my favorite breakup story. Okay. Were you the breakup or the breakup E in this? I just want to prepare myself mentally. I was the breakup E okay. in this. It was probably 2002 or 2003, and I'm in college, and I'm dating a girl, and we have winter break coming up. So, so for winter break, she wants to go to Phoenix, Arizona to visit one of her friends from high school, which we do. I've never met this friend. She's living in Phoenix. She's living in a house full of a whole bunch of people. A lot of crazy shit happened. Also, have you ever been to Phoenix? No. It's a beautiful, like, desert, like, surrounded by big brown mountains. It's really nice. Hmm. But we show up there, and she's living in a house with a whole bunch of people, and they immediately... The two of them go into her bedroom and just lock the door and, like, leave me out there with, like, six people I don't know. And they're just all hanging out. And 
I'm like walking back to the kitchen like what do I do do I just like go mingle with these and I'm like oh gosh and there were two guys cuddling on the couch watching a movie and eventually one of them says like are we making you uncomfortable and I'm like no I mean like they weren't even on my radar to be honest so I hadn't even noticed them to be uncomfortable it's like no you guys are fine like what and uh in retrospect, it's one of those situations where I go, oh, no, it's not that they just locked me out of the bedroom and I don't know anybody and now it's really awkward. Hi, I'm Michael. Like, that's what I should have said. But yeah. I was just like, no. And so they, later on, they're like, hey, um, so-and-so and so-and-so said that it's like, and now I'm trapped and like, I can't be like, no, you guys were just being really shitty to me and I didn't have anything to do. So it, there was awkward from there. And then, uh, so... Four guys from their hometown, which was Bloomington Normal, Illinois, hop in a van and drive to meet us in Phoenix, which they do. I don't know these four guys either. And they're weird. I don't remember their names, but they decide, hey, let's all drive up to Vegas, which is a six-hour drive. So we hop in the van and start driving to Vegas, and this whole time I'm just getting weird vibes from these guys i'm getting weird guys from weird vibes from my girlfriend and just like okay what's going on her what's going on here what's going on with these guys what's going on with her and these you know whatever and so we as you drive into vegas they did a traffic stop like a hey how's everybody doing Flash, flashing the flashlights in the cops looking in uh then they let us go on and uh, the driver's like, oh shit, I had the switchblade open in my lap that whole time. And I'm like, all right, who the, what is, oh. and so we're driving into Vegas and we're thinking, so do we want to spend the night? Should we get a room? Decide, let's get a room. Well, how much do we want to spend? I don't remember how much we said we wanted to spend, but we were all very poor. And we drove into the Luxor. And it's parked and walked in and my girlfriend and another guy went to the counter and everybody else went to the restrooms. And then uh, we all met up while we were in the bathrooms. The they told the price to the guy and the guy said, OK, put it on my card and slapped his credit card down. And I think it was a hundred dollars to each of us, which was way more substantial amount of money yes um another guy he gets out of the bathroom and he's walking back towards us and a guy says he hears a guy go x i've got x and he stops and he talks to the guy and he comes back to us and he says all right guys he can give me six pills of ecstasy for sixty dollars and i say that is an awful idea you don't know who this guy is. You met him on the Las Vegas Strip, and you're going to give him money and then put something in, in your mouth and swallow it, and you don't know what it is. And so I, I'm out. My girlfriend's out. Uh, the other four gather up $60, and he goes to talk to the guy. And he's gone for like half hour, 45 minutes, and we're going, okay, what's going on with this guy? Did he get arrested? We start going look looking for him and we find him we spot him in one of the casinos 
he's sitting at the slot machine. We start walking up to him and he just like waves us off. We go, okay. Um, and then we back off and then like another half hour or so passes and we go back and he's still sitting at the slot machine. He like waves us off again. And we're like, no, we're coming to talk to you. And we walk up to him and he goes, okay, well, here's what's going on. You guys got to get out of here because he's going to be back any minute. But I gave him the $60 and I gave him an extra $20 for his trouble because he had to go get the drugs. To this day, Eric, I have never done a drug deal. But I know one of the top, top rules is you don't give the person the money unless they give you the drugs. So we spend like five or ten minutes convincing him that he just lost everybody's money. And he spends the whole rest of the night, because you can drink for free in Las Vegas, uh-huh. getting drunk and stomping around Vegas and yelling and getting in confrontations. And I eventually get separated from the group and make my way back to the hotel. I'm just like done with this whole trip. And... I'm laying on the bed and two people come in and go right to the bathroom. And I later learned that what happened there was that guy and one of the other friends run into the drug dealer and confront him and demand their money back. And the guy says, I don't have your money. I don't have any ecstasy, but I've got this big bag of white powder. And I'm telling you it's cocaine. (laughs) So the guy says, okay. And takes the bag and they're walking back to the hotel. And the other person's going, there's no fucking way that that is cocaine. It's probably ecstasy. There's no way that is cocaine. That would be $2,000 worth of cocaine. They get back and they go into the bathroom and they take it and they dip their finger. Like, it's Tylenol. It's crushed up Tylenol. And the guy was so frustrated, he ended up... uh, snorting the a line of it anyway just to see if you could get a buzz just in case there was like traces of cocaine in there or just in case he's wrong so then everybody eventually ends up at the hotel and they say wouldn't it be funny if we start calling up uh stripper services to see if we could like negotiate prices let's set a goal and set a price for it and one guy is on the phone talking to them these are, this is a hooker service. Yeah. 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 So what what they're saying is this is the price for stripping. Anything else is negotiable while they're in the room is what they say. And so we're egging him on to negotiate the price and he finally gets the price and goes, okay, send him over and then hangs up the phone and everyone's like, what, what are you doing? And like, they've got your card on file the at the desk and everything and i was just like all right i'm if if hookers are showing up to this room i'm not gonna be here when they do and went and sat down in the casino for a while and then eventually came back up and they had figured it sorted it all out and like didn't like canceled it uh-huh. so we got home and then she broke up with me <laughs> because she didn't like the backstreet boys enough no because you didn't no. like ecstasy enough because i didn't like that trip enough this was i think she she, this was the beginning of a breakdown for her 
so she broke up with me and then a couple weeks later she's like calling me trying to get back together and I'm like no no thank you and then uh who knows what happened to her after that but it was it was quite the event never since then I hated Vegas I was like I hated Vegas and I knew it was just because of the time I had in Vegas which is a good story it's a fun story to tell but uh Shay and I went back a year or two ago and had a nice time so all right so what's your next note so I I, yeah, I don't know if I have just one note for this but it was a thought that I had that I was talking with Kathy about um did you watch it with you no oh. I was talking with her about it afterwards um the guy that they've got playing her Love interest. Plop. Plop. Petey, right? His name was Pete in the show. Yeah. In The Office. Yeah. That actor, all I could think when he first sat down was, why did they pick this guy to be... Because I knew that, that, that there was going to be a through line, like a person that she was dating through this show. And based on the way it was going, it seemed like it was going to be him. And all I could think is, like, this guy isn't charming. He's, like, I, I don't like that actor. He's he's I've seen him in the office. I didn't find him charming in that show. He was in uh fuck, what was it? It wasn't Rampage, was it? You saw Rampage with me, right? Yeah. Was he in that? I don't remember. He was a bad guy in some big monster movie, and I think it was Rampage. Okay. He's got no charisma. I I don't find him charming. But then like 30 seconds into the conversation, particularly once she tries to get back or like she tried to leave but then left her phone behind and then she comes back. And I don't remember what goofy thing he does. Like, she spills her drink. Oh, yeah. And he's, and he's like, like, oh, no, the- that's okay. These things are hard <laughs> to use. Over. Just- yeah. I was like, okay, he's charming. He, he- All right. I'm in. Yeah. Uh, so many tattoos on those two. Well, <laughs> so many tattoos on those two. And when- in his case, I just there's nothing about him that screams, I have tattoos. I was surprised by his tattoos. I wasn't surprised by Zoe Kravitz. No, I think she might have those tattoos. Yeah. But geez Louise. Um, I don't, here's what I don't get about Rob. Does she want a relationship and romance in her life or does she want to be jaded? She's so jaded and such an asshole that she seems like the type of person that's like, fuck it. But she's like, seems to so desperately want that. Even to the point where she clearly has a one night stand and is somehow surprised that he's not there in the morning. It wasn't clear that it was a one-night stand. I knew it was a one-night stand the whole time. And it wasn't, though. It wasn't a one-night stand, though. Yeah, but it it felt like a one-night stand. Why was she surprised it, by this? It felt like a one-night stand until he was hanging around, sleeping over, and talking about breakfast in the morning. Like, And she was reluctant to like engage in that conversation. Because, yes, up to that point, she was thinking it was a one-night stand. But then she opened her heart to love and only to have it crushed. <laughs> By the one night stand that she knew she was having. Yep, and uh, that's that's just not all right. Man, I'm still compelled by Rob and her story. I am not compelled by her drama. I found her, like I feel like Zoe Kravitz did a good enough job. Like I found her to be like a good actress. I found the show to be funny enough and not laying too heavy on the drama. And if they follow any bit of the arc of the show, like she'll eventually be reaching out to those old boyfriends and girlfriends. And I would find, I would find that interesting. Mm, Yeah. Just like, we're going to have you reach out to your backstreet boys, girlfriend. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. And podcast about it. You're picking up your phone and so you're going to do yeah, it. I'm, I'm calling her right now. Okay. Hello, this is Allie. <laughs> Hi, Allie. <laughs> oh my God, Eric. Do you like the Backstreet Boys yet? I'm a little surprised that you recognize <laughs> the sound of my voice 20 years later. But I guess I'm a little relieved. Have you talked to her since? No. Since you got that note handed to you, you haven't spoken Probably, to her? Like, I'm sure I've talked to her once or twice. Af- like, I'm sure I talked to her once or twice after that. She was friends with... I mean, this. she was friends with my cousin. So, like, they would hang out and I would see her from time to time. But, mm. like, by that point in time, I was very broken up. I think she was probably my first girlfriend. But, like, very quickly, like, okay, yeah, you know what? We didn't have anything in common. Like, I'll, I'll be all right here. Mm. Um, is that how you remember it, Allie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? Am I on a podcast? <laughs> you have Why? <laughs> what excellent hearing you have <laughs> that you can hear the microphones <laughs> and the recording. Yes, you are. Oh my gosh, is this episode one? <laughs> With Michael and Eric? It sure is. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> That's the appropriate oh, response. Hung up. All right, what do you got next in your notes? Do you like Weezer? Yes. You know I like Weezer. And I like Frank Zappa. I remember that you went to a Weezer concert, but it was only because the Pixies were playing. <laughs> Yes, I went to see the Weezer only because the Pixies were playing. Because I wouldn't have gone to that concert if the Pixies weren't playing. And the Pixies kicked ass, but also Weezer was very good. Did that that concert make you a Weezer fan, or were you a Weezer fan before? No, I've always liked Weezer, just like they haven't been one of those bands that I've latched onto the way I latched onto the Pixies. But that show was really fun, and I spent the next couple weeks listening to both the Weezer and the Pixies. Nice. Yeah, so it was a pleasant, I was pleasantly surprised, and I would go, like if Weezer was playing a show by by themselves, I'd, I'd definitely go. But it was sad because the stadium was only like three quarters full when... Pixies were playing. Everybody's like out by the concession stands, like sure. talking around, milling around, talking yeah. to each other. And then when Weezer started, the place just packed in. I was like, "You guys missed a really good show. It was it was great." To be clear, that wasn't an, a non sequitur. Like they, she says on the show that all white guys love Weezer. Yeah, it's true. Love is strong, but like, yeah. Oh, I, also, I don't love them like uh, the Backstreet Boys, but. <laughs> I also have that exact same copy of Breakfast of Champions. It's upstairs on my bookshelf right now. Want me to, want me to go grab it? <laughs> Time for more, more Foley work. Yes, I do. <laughs> oh, forgot to close the door. Be right back. <laughs> Do you keep your record room locked? I heard that from all the way down here. Yeah. Um, well, I valuable. left my lapel mic on. Oh, okay, yeah. Yep, fair enough. Um, so this is the same copy of Breakfast of Champion that Rob was reading when she was a kid. And I did an oral report on this book in high school, in English class. And I don't know why I was allowed to read it for English class in high school. Because it is very inappropriate 
they knew that you were going to grow up to be like a huge badass and they just wanted you to get a head start. Yeah, probably. Because I liked Vonnegut so much. Mm-hmm. I I read, like everybody, I read a lot of Vonnegut in high school. I didn't. What's your favorite Kurt Vonnegut book? I literally have read one Kurt Vonnegut book. Slaughterhouse-Five? No. It was some... Cat's Cradle? No. It was some rando book he put out in more recent years, and it was like a collection of short stories and some autobiographical oh, stuff. I yeah. don't know what it was called. Bangabos something snuff box that doesn't sound familiar either but that i mean but that being said no i didn't i never got exposed to kurt vonnegut in high school oh i liked him he did a speech at the university of iowa while i was there that i got to go attend that was fun and you sit up and said you are what made me the badass that i am today (laughs) right yeah and i like frank zappa too so and i like talking book she mentions talking book it's a Stevie Wonder album. Stevie Wonder is one of my faves. How do you have your records stored? Is it alphabetical? Oh, what was the other one? By genre or autobiographical? Alphabetical. Yeah, like any sane person. Right. It helps me keep my uh, Excel spreadsheet of all the records that I own. You think I'm joking, but I No, I, I do not think you're joking. That's why I'm laughing. I'm not laughing because that was a funny joke. I'm laughing because that felt very real. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> yep. It's, it's so if I'm at a record shop. I get it. Yeah. I've got I've got similar spreadsheets of like art supplies and stuff like that. After right. too many times of buying the same yeah. brush or marker or something. Also, this guy, Mac. Yeah. He's only the number five heartbreak. Yeah. Wow. But number five, with a bullet, which again is one of those phrases that means nothing. Um, But I'm sure I thought was like super deep or shit when I was 16 and watching this movie. No, with a bullet means something. I know it means something, but in this context, it means it's not like super, but I'm sure I thought it was super cool, especially when John Cusack was saying it. Yeah. Because he said it was that. Yeah, that's a quote from the movie as well. Entered the charts in a high position or has climbed rapidly in the charts or is thought to have the potential for further rapid advancement. Okay, so I guess it's pertinent here. Yeah. So, so she, I mean, she's acknowledging then that it has it's number five for right now, probably because of its recency, but it sure has the opportunity to shoot to the top of the charts. And in fairness, she was saying that right as they were breaking up. And then she goes a year before she sees him again. I'm betting that it moved up the list, the list since then. And she uh, didn't date anybody for that whole year. Didn't date anybody for that whole year. And he comes back into town and has been like the reason they broke up is because he was moving to London. Without her. Without her. I don't know how long they've been dating before that. I don't know that's inherently like a, a fucked up thing. They were planning on moving to London together. Okay. Well, then we never got a clue why they broke up then. Other than him just leaving, but like yeah. that—that's that—that's not the breakup. The breakup happened before he moved to London. We'll learn more. I'm sure it, it will be one will. of those things when she's trying to like have this healthy relationship with with uh, Plop. Plop. She'll try and learn from her past relationships. Yeah, and Mac will be one of the last ones. Should we write episode two? Sure. You start. You know, when you bring up that you want to write episode two, I seem to like it. Lets me leads me to believe that like. You've got a decent idea at it. Because I don't bring it up unless I've got an idea for it. 
Oh, I try to bring it up like every time. That would explain why we've had so many crappy episode twos. <laughs> um, I, so I think if we follow the our guest format, which is that she's going to keep dating this, she's going to keep dating Plop. Yep, and she's going to run into relationship roadblocks or hurdles, and she's going to turn to the past relationships to learn from them. We've got to define two things. The relationship hurdle and who she goes to to learn from, learn about. Okay. So the hurdle with her relationship with Plop? Yes. The hurdle is that she's still into Mac. Well, maybe that's not, because that's sort of what sparked her to fuck Plop in the first place. I suspect that will be a... Oh, the hurdle is that that's a hurdle for him. Like I th- I, th- I think you're you're jumping to episode eight on that. I think I think as it turns into like right now it's just the early stages of a relationship. Like there's no commitment. They fucked once or maybe multiple times. I don't know. Um, for one night. In one night. <laughs> um, and so the relationship's new. I do think that the intimacy part of it will probably drive her back to Mac as like a scared whatever whatever, but. I think it's something more simple like he won't put the toilet seat down. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I got it. He doesn't like Fleetwood Mac enough. Doesn't he flat out say that? Yes. He absolutely says that. Yeah, shit. He make that joke. He said, Oh, no. Is it a deal breaker that I don't like Fleetwood Mac enough? It absolutely becomes a deal breaker then that he doesn't like Fleetwood Mac enough. Right. Like they're, uh, they're, cooking dinner or something and she's like I mean that really stupid Edge of Seventeen song like I fucking hate I fucking hate Fleetwood Mac and I hate that Edge of Seventeen song dude don't even get me started (laughs) episode 2 is over we're going into this why do you hate Edge of Seventeen I don't like the sound and I don't like the lyrics Okay, I there's no there's no concrete discussion we can have about you not liking the sound. What don't you like about the lyrics? Just like the white the edge of <laughs> yeah, yeah, well that's stupid. But <laughs> just like the white winged dove sings a song, sounds like she's singing. That's it. <laughs> cool. I don't like it. Okay. I hate Fleetwood Mac. I hate their songs. Okay. I'm with Plop. I don't even want to date Zoe Kravitz anymore. You did before? No. (laughs) No. Okay. So they're uh, cooking dinner and she's humming Edge of 17 and he goes on a big rant about how he hates the song and how he hates the lyrics and then recounts the lyrics that he doesn't like. And she's like, you don't get it. You don't understand the lyrics. And they get in a big argument. And then he throws a vase against the wall. And so then she goes and seeks out a like that, that first boyfriend from when she was like eight. Uh-huh. The guy who liked Weezer? Yes. And then she finds out that he died just before he turned 17. <laughs> And now she doesn't like the song anymore either because it reminds her of him. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> so she goes to visit. <laughs> so she goes to visit his grave, <laughs> and he starts talking to her. His grave. His ghost, yes. <laughs> like, well, no. Like Jedi style ghost? Oh, no. Sorry. Go ahead. Like, you know, like the scenes where you go to your parents' grave and you just talk to them. You said he talks to her, though. So oh, I no. assume that you meant like her, his Jedi ghost. No. So she's talking to him, to his grave. Mm-hmm. And then she starts singing The Edge of Seventeen. And then Plop comes in behind her and starts joining in and singing. <laughs> just on the part, like, she's she's singing. She's, she's sobbing as she's singing. Just like the white wing dove sings a song, sounds like she's singing. Ooh, baby, ooh, baby, ooh. And then she turns around and they sing it together. And then they kiss, and now it's their song. And then they do it on his grave. Yes, and <laughs> now it's their and that's not fucked up at all. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's their song. Yeah. Pretty good episode too. I think we hit it out of the park. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Got anything else? No. No, I don't. Let me see what else. Why doesn't she just tell Plop like why does she try to sneak out of the bar? Why does she just say, like, you know what? I'm not feeling this. Because she is an asshole. A man child. Got it. She is she is a she is just like Rob in the movie. She's she's a child who doesn't have the emotional maturity, and that's what she'll maybe come together or not. I I don't know. Also, I hundred percent knew his car was getting towed. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. It was a really obvious like thing. Yeah. My last note was I really laughed hard when she was out in the rain yelling at her ex girlfriend and yelled, "Cat, you fucking bitch!" Let's work it out. So basically, you didn't like the show. Everything you liked about the show were also quotes from the movie because it was definitely also in the movie. Okay, there we go. So it turns out the moral of the story is that you didn't like the show, but you liked the movie. Yeah. Also, Empire Records, better than High Fidelity. Don't at me. You all know in your hearts it's true. Empire Records is better than High Fidelity. Don't at me. I don't remember anything from Empire. I know I watched it. I don't remember anything from Empire Records, but I do remember plenty about High Fidelity. Okay. So. Don't at me, bro. I'm adding you right now. All right. This is me getting up in your face, adding you. Okay. That's all I have. Okay. That's all I got. All right. Let's do it. Thanks for listening to the episode one podcast. That started out really loud. I will bring it down a notch. <laughs> Please feel free to check out our website. It's episode one podcast. That's one spelled out O-N-E or follow us on Twitter. It's at podcast episode one. And that's the numeral one. Uh, check out the Facebook group. You can use any of those to keep you up to date on all of our episodes or leave a suggestion or idea for the show we should watch. If you like the show or even if you didn't fucking subscribe and leave a review or a rating. Still no reviews or new reviews or ratings. It's a new record. I think you might have been right when we talked about this before, I don't think anybody listens this far in the episode. I think the second I say my shit, they're done already. Yeah. So we need to sprinkle it throughout. We need to have our own little, like, we don't have any ads yet because I don't think we have the audience to make that worthwhile. We need to have our own little ad break to oh, yeah. bring up. Like an advertisement for doing our reviews. Yeah. Brilliant. Um. Also, we just need to do more characters and bring back the cinnamon wizard.
we're not doing any of that until we get 10, <laughs> 10 ratings. That's true. And honestly, I'm pretty sure we said that before. Maybe that's why we're not getting them. This might be the people saying, if we, if we take bringing the Cinnamon Wizard back off the table, will people leave ratings or reviews? I'm going to pro- probationally take it off the table. And if we get even a single review or rating this week, the week from when this airs to the next week, the Cinnamon Wizard's dead. The people will have spoken. The person, I guess, in this case, declined. <laughs> nice try. That was our shot. That was our <laughs> shot at growing the podcast, and you threw it away for pride and hubris. Cinnamon Wizard's going to be huge. Hubris. You're Bigger. Flying, you're flying too close to the sun. Bigger than the spice. Cinnamon Wizard's going to be bigger than Cinnamon Jesus. I don't have anything to say to that. <laughs> I don't have anything at all. Last but not least. Did you do that part? No. Oh. I was going to let you do that part. Since you started it. Thanks to Bosdi for the use of his song. Who's the Cowboy? Who's the Cowboy off the album Get Smart and Run Faster. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Oh, Jinx. Yo me a Coke. <laughs>